What is it like to age well in the Garden State, where nearly a quarter of residents are over 60 years old? Are you one of them? Join New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well to discuss the ups and downs of aging in New Jersey. In this podcast series, we tap into our network of leading experts to provide a fresh look into the key issues affecting the state's older population and their families, including finances, housing, health, and security. Each half-hour episode details professional insight into how you can maximize the joy, minimize the challenges, and capitalize on the opportunities that aging in the Garden State offers. Getting targeted by scams is distressing for anyone. It seems they're nonstop and targeting people of every age. But scammers target older adults more, thinking they can trick them more easily. Well, not if it's up to our guests here today. Join us to learn how to identify and resist being scammed and understand the psychology behind it so that you can resist. Hello and welcome to Aging Insights. I'm Kathy Rowe, Executive Director of New Jersey Advocates for Aging Well, and with me today are Christine Newman, Director of Community Engagement at ARP New Jersey, and Charles Clarkson, Senior Medicare Patrol Project Director. Welcome, Charles and Christine. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you. I know you both have a lot to tell us today about Medicare fraud and scams that target older adults, but it seems we basically have three things to talk about here. Who are these people and why do they do this? What can we do to protect ourselves? And how to report being scammed or control the damage? So let's start with, um, for both of you, who are these scammers? Are we talking about some guy in his basement on a computer? Are we talking about a well-organized group? Who is behind this? I can start with this one, and um, I think I'd probably t say option C. It's a it's a bit of both. Okay. Uh, you know, you can have individuals that are uh, perpetrators of this, or you could have highly complex networks of individuals working together in what we call boiler room settings. Okay. And this is where you would actually get a group of con artists sitting together in a room, dialing out en masse on a oh, specific wow. scam. But I think the more important question to this is, there's a reason that New Jersey consumers lost $122 million worth wow. to scams last year. And it's that whether we're talking about individuals or whether we're talking about networks of individuals, mm -hmm. these are highly sophisticated mm -hmm. and complex scams and structures they've developed. So consumers have to be very savvy to, to mm -hmm. spot this and prevent it. Yeah, and a lot of times when you get a call like on the phone, you might hear a lot of noise in the background of other con artists speaking mm -hmm. to people because oh. they're in large rooms. You know, they're not doing this uh, to have a lot of expenses. They want to make a lot of money, mm -hmm. but put people in very crowded rooms. Who, and by the way, they're computer-generated calls. You know, there isn't someone there dialing mm -hmm. all these numbers. You know, they purchase all these numbers, make these dials, and if someone picks up, yeah. tells them and. So they can do it quickly and they can keep going and keep going. And they going. can do millions of them. There's a business model to this for con artists too. And the equipment that they buy the, is highly sophisticated. You know, whether we're talking about robocalls, the ability to spoof phone numbers. Mm -hmm. So what you see on your caller ID mm -hmm. isn't actually what's happening. Right. Again, highly sophisticated. Well, that makes me feel better for the times where I've, you know, gotten those calls. And I think it would make a lot of people feel better that it's not... It's not that they're stupid. It's not that they were ignorant. These are trained professionals, it Absolutely. sounds like. Absolutely. They are. So then how did both AARP and Senior Medicare Patrol, how and why did you get involved with fraud alerts and fraud protection? Well, well you know, the Senior Medicare Patrol was set up uh, because they realized that the government was losing a lot of money to Medicare fraud, waste, okay. and abuse. And when they did a pilot program with like three or four states, for every dollar they were spending, they were getting six or seven dollars back in return oh, wow. to the Medicare Trust Fund. So then they went national with the Senior Medicare Patrol Program. So every state mm. has a Senior Medicare Patrol Program, and our mission is quite simple, to educate people so they cannot be victimized from Medicare fraud, waste, and abuse. And how about ARP? How did they get involved with this? Yeah, so you know, we know that billions of dollars are lost every year to fraud and scams, and that you know, that is not just financially devastating, but emotionally devastating mm -hmm. as well. And, 
you know, one of ARP's core fundamental tenets is helping protect the financial security of older adults. Mm -hmm. So we see fraud and scams as a direct threat to that security. Uh, so that's why we're in this fight, and it's why ARP launched our Fraud Watch Network, okay. uh, which is a free resource that's open to everyone. You don't have to be an ARP member. Uh, and it consists of both a website at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork mm -hmm. and a hotline where you can actually talk to a trained professional if you think you've been a victim of a scam. Okay. And that number is 877-908-3360. And you can check out a ton of free resources we have in this space. Uh, and it's a dedicated source, again, for anyone, any age. So you're talking about um, people's individual, like individual fraud. Mm -hmm. But Charles, why would scammers want your Medicare information? Because it's valuable. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you have someone's Medicare identification number, you can make a claim to Medicare, especially if you could steal a, a provider number, make a claim, have the monies directed okay. to an account that you have access to. Okay. You can make a lot of money. Also, if you have someone's ID number, you can sell it because there are a lot of professional groups who'd be happy to mm. get the Medicare ID number of someone so they can do it whatever they want. And what the real problem is, is besides the financial loss, it can affect your medical records. Oh, okay. So if someone goes in and gets a colonoscopy and it's on your record, then your record shows you had a colonoscopy. And if you go get, get a colonoscopy, mm -hmm. Medicare will say, wait, we're not paying for this. You already had oh, a colonoscopy. Wow. So it really does affect everybody dramatically. So we have to do whatever we can to fight fraud, waste, and abuse. And basically, you have to be an advocate for yourself. So with Medicare fraud, it's not that it would be money out of my pocket, but it could affect my ability to get it services. It could be money out of your pocket if you fell for a scam. Let's say you took a genetic test because you thought your doctor had ordered it because you got a phone call that said, hey, your doctor wants you to take this test. Mm -hmm. Medicare says, this is not medically necessary. It wasn't ordered by your doctor. Mm -hmm. You could be on the hook for nine dollars to $13,000 for a scam wow. genetic test. And we've seen it. And people get, obviously, they call us very, very emotional, said, I didn't know. You know, they didn't mm -hmm. tell me. And then trying to... Mm -hmm. Correct it is a lot harder than trying right. to prevent it. prevent it. So how much are we talking about altogether with Medicare fraud? Well, Medicare fraud is estimated, and I'm sure it's a low estimate, to cost us $60 billion a year. Oh, my goodness. With a B. With a B. <laughs> okay. And the reason we care is because it's our money. It's our mm -hmm. tax dollars. So you don't have to be on Medicare to be affected by Medicare fraud. Mm -hmm. It affects all of us, you, your children, your grandchildren, because it comes out of our tax dollars. Money that could be spent giving actual services is right. going to fraudsters. And, and we okay. really need to do something to stop that. We're getting better at it, but we have a long way to go. Okay, so Medicare fraud affects all of us. Yes. So, um, well, for both of you, how is it, how do con artists actually convince people to part with their money? What's, you know? You know, it's interesting. I was listening to you tell that um, example about like genetic testing, and it made me think of this because you know I think a lot of times we hear about these scams, and you'll hear people say things like this: "Oh, why did? How would someone fall for that? How does that happen?" Mm -hmm. But again, these are highly sophisticated con artists, and what they're doing is they're tapping into emotion. Mm -hmm. And con artists know that if we can get folks reacting from a place of emotion, mm -hmm. they're going to make decisions that they wouldn't necessarily right. make when they're not feeling right, that way. Right. Uh, you know, I think we can all probably relate to that at some level. If you've ever been really excited or, you know, you see like a deal on TV and you're like, oh my gosh, you get really excited and you just jump on it. And then maybe, you know, the day afterwards, you're like, oh, did I really need that second <laughs> Regretting you know, mixer? That purchase. Maybe not. But it's because we had that excitement and we acted from a state of emotion. Okay. Right. And, you know, uh, the telephone is still the main means where people are scammed. So we always want to tell people, look, if you don't recognize the number on the phone, don't answer it. Mm -hmm. Let your message machine be your intermediary. Right. And then you can listen to it in a calm state, say, well, is this really a scam? Probably. And you don't return the call. Because again, every time you pick up, more likely you're going to get more scam calls mm -hmm. because the computer is telling these people, hey, this person picked up. 
Oh, really? Let's call her again. Yep. Or him. I shouldn't say just her. Let's call her or him again. And that's what happens. Yeah. So by actually picking up, you're letting them know it's a live line and that's more likely. Call back. Yeah. That's oh, one that's of the reasons we all, you know, we tell people a lot of times, you'll hear folks say, oh, you know, I, I got the con artist, right? I picked up the phone and then I kind of messed with him yeah. or her or her, right? Or, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I understand that that can feel emotionally satisfying, mm. um, especially when our phones are ringing constantly. But... To Charles's point, every time you pick up that phone, you are now going on additional lists as, oh, we've identified there's a human who will actually answer oh. the phone. So similarly, that ability to control our emotion to not right. answer the phone is critical. And what are some of the things they do to get us in that emotional state? I mean, I've heard, I've heard some of the stories about the grandparent scam that happened in our own yeah. family. Somebody called my in-laws and it, you know, a, a bad well, line. It's yeah. like, I, I had a, I was in a car accident don't tell my parents, transfer the money by four o'clock mm -hmm. or I'll be in jail for the weekend. And thankfully it was somebody, they actually went to get money. Somebody there said, hey, there's a scam going on. You might want to yep. call your grandson. But they got them so emotional and so upset. And what emotion? It was fear. It mm -hmm. was fear. And that's one that con artists use. So there's a few different persuasion tactics okay. that con artists will use. And fear and intimidation is one of them. And that's a perfect example of it. You pick up that phone and you hear you know, who you think is a loved one in trouble. All mm -hmm. of us are going to have that reaction. Right. Uh, Charles, the example you shared about the um, genetic testing, that's actually a persuasion tactic called source credibility. Okay. So in that right. situation, you get a call from allegedly your provider, right, saying, that, oh, okay. this would be a test that would be good for you, you know, based on, you know, your history. And making that connection, saying that you're a trusted source, like a provider, like okay. Medicare, like, you know, we hear scams where people impersonate Microsoft or, mm -hmm. you know, your electric company. That's building an emotion of trust and an affinity. Okay. So again, you're going to be acting from a place of, all right, I have this like, you know, relaxed state. I'm, I'm feeling like there's trust. And so mm -hmm. I'll make decisions I maybe wouldn't make in some other ways. And I think I'm part of the like trying to create that trust is there are people who get calls and say, this is Medicare calling yep. you or your Medicare is going to be canceled if you don't give your number. So they're playing off of that, that you recognize Medicare, you recognize the name IRS, or you think it's the right. And, source. you know, there can be occasion where, you know, I get a lot of calls from children of older adults who basically the mother or the father might have some dementia mm -hmm. and therefore if you get that person on the line you oh. know it's a lot easier to get their mm -hmm. information out only because you know they're they have a condition which allows them not to realize it being scammed so we, we see a lot of that yeah. so we try to tell people again never pick up the phone but that can be hard for some people Okay. Another persuasion tactic that we see a lot is, um, it's called phantom riches. And it's, <laughs> it's these scams that talk about, okay, you know, you're going to invest this amount of money and we'll give you 50% returns, mm -hmm. you know, that claim that you'll make, you know, just gobs and gobs of okay. money. Um, this is actually the most common persuasion tactic really? that con artists use because it is, it, we're driven to this, you know, this emotion of, okay, yes, I, I want that, I want that, you know, and you get so excited that you maybe don't think through, wait, what are all the logistics to this uh -huh. deal? What are they saying? You're just so excited about the prospect of potential, you know, buy, you know, profit that folks act from a state of emotion again. Okay, like that old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it Probably is. It is, and you feel like probably it is. It is. And you know, you talked about the scams, like that oh, building trust. Because I know I've had I fell for it once, where something goes wrong. This happens a lot on your computer. Something goes wrong, and it pops up. I said, "Oh, click here for mm -hmm. Microsoft help, Amazon help." I know. And like once I started down the road, the, that was the scam. That the was. people pretending to help. And you know, getting in, I gave them access to my computer, and then I realized, wait a minute, closed everything down. I ran out yeah. to Best Buy to get it fixed. So that's really interesting. But how how do they do that? How do they infiltrate and get into our computers and into our phones and 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 try to trick us up like that? Well, the information is out there. You know, one of the things I talk about, I do a lot of presentations, as mm -hmm. you know, every year, and I said, if you want to protect yourself completely, never go on the internet. Well, that's not going to happen. I, right. Well, that's the point. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to pay my bills by writing checks and getting envelopes and putting stamps. Right, I want right. to do it online. But I know now that my information is out uh -huh. there, and I have to live with that. 
So I have to take steps to protect myself. Okay. And one of the steps is, you know, username, very strong passwords. And if a, if a sensitive site that you're dealing on, let's say your bank or Medicare has two-factor authentication, mm -hmm. do it. Okay. Even though it takes an extra step to get a code on your right. phone and put it in, it protects you. So I tell people all the time, do that because it's worth it. Remember, your identity has value. Mm -hmm. especially your medical identity and Medicare. And I wanted to say one more thing. You know, Medicare will never call you on the telephone. I've heard that multiple times. Right. Now, even though it says Medicare, don't believe it. Right. You know, they don't call. The IRS doesn't call. Social Security Administration mm -hmm. doesn't call. They still use the old-fashioned snail mail, as my daughter would say. They write you a letter. Right. You know, so... It's, uh, it, you just have to be your own advocate. You mm -hmm. have to always be careful. And there are certain steps you can take to make sure that you're protected. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think so much of the onus does fall on us as consumers because the technology that con artists use mm -hmm. is constantly evolving. So, right. you know, we hear about one scam, maybe we come up with something to counteract it, and the next day there's something else. Right. Right. So what that means is it really is up to consumers to be super proactive. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I say a lot in this space is, you know, there's that adage, um, trust, but verify, I say no, it's distrust and verify. Okay. If you <laughs> are getting <laughs> approached by someone saying they're from a company and there's an issue, immediately for me, that say, okay, stop this interaction, go to the actual source. So right. if it's, you know, say it's my bank saying, oh, this is, you know, Bank of America saying there's an issue. I look at the back of my Bank of America card. I call the phone mm -hmm. number right there mm -hmm. because now I know that's a safe interaction because I initiated it. Okay. It wasn't directed to me. It came me. from you. Right. So that's before true. I would even engage with what came to me, I would make a call out first to, to first confirm mm -hmm. is this actually legitimate. And sometimes that you know, yes, it's an extra step, but doing that, taking the extra two minutes to do that will save so much down the road if it right. is a legitimate scam right. that then you, you're you trying to deal with mitigating the, the effects of for, for sometimes years afterwards. Oh, wow. right. And we're seeing a lot more of that on telephones now. You know, I get mm -hmm. texts all the time saying your Amazon account has been mm -hmm. compromised yep. or your Medicare account has been mm -hmm. compromised. Please call to confirm. And of course, what they ask for is your personal identifiable information, because otherwise you're fearful that your Medicare account is going to be lost and you're not going to have coverage. And right. yep. going fear back to the fear panic. factor. Yep. Right. Okay. So, you know, there are a lot of things that you have to worry about. But if you take certain steps, you know, especially strong. And I tell people never use the same password twice. I know it's difficult. But write it down. <laughs> <laughs> write it down in a book. Put the book in a, on a shelf. And yeah. then you use it when yeah. you need it. You know, it's, uh, it, it's so simple, yet people don't want to take mm. the time because they said, ah, I'm not going to remember those names. You're right, you're not. Mm -hmm. So write it down yeah, yeah. and put it away safely. Write it physical paper, not right. on your Absolutely. You know, there's no reason for you to have the same password twice for every account you have. Okay, I'm going to be changing that. When I <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your takeaway. Yeah, yep. That's my takeaway. That's our now, action look, step. since I'm a fraud expert, you know, I change those every six months or three months, especially the very sensitive accounts. Okay. And look, I don't care about my fantasy football account being hacked, but I do care about my bank account. Mm -hmm. I do care about my Medicare account. Right. You know, my credit card account. So every so often, I change the password. Mm -hmm. Only because I'm used to doing it. A lot of people do not want to take the time or the effort mm -hmm. to do it, and that's a mistake. Okay. You know, I think it's important, though, you know, the three of us, right, who, you know, we have experience working in this space, and even the conversation we're having right now shows how this cuts across everything, right? It cuts yep. across, you know, whether you, you're, you work in this space on a regular basis, whether you don't, right. it cuts across age, it cuts across, you know, socioeconomic factors, right, because right. at the end of the day, we're getting down to fundamental psychological principles of influence mm -hmm. that impact all of us. So, you know, we're, we're talking about how we've even experienced some of right, this, right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, no matter who's, who's engaged, at, you know, and unfortunately who, you know, may be approached by a scam, you know, prevention is the key here. And yeah. what it comes down to is we have to be able to get ourselves out of a state of emotion, and we do have to put in a level of almost distrust 
when mm. things are coming towards us and then start from there, right? Mm -hmm. And do your research. That's really important too, right? Like make sure you do your research and homework before you commit to buying mm -hmm. anything and give yourself an extra day. No deal is really so good that it's not gonna be available in 24 <laughs> hours. And if someone's telling you that, to me that's a red flag, right? right? They're trying to get me to make a decision right now. Yeah. Give yourself right. an extra day to think about it before you act. Okay. And speaking of the timing, so right now we're in Medicare open enrollment. And so there's ads, there's phone calls, and part of that's fraud, part of that is legitimate business. It's, so right, it's not, it's not a lot of intentional fraud, it's misleading. You know, the commercials on television for Medicare Advantage plans, they tell you all the good things. Mm -hmm. What they don't tell you are all the bad things related to Medicare Advantage plans. Now, I'm not saying Medicare Advantage plans are bad for some people, but you have to realize what's involved. There's a network. There's prior authorization. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we hear problems about Medicare Advantage not covering a certain service because they have the motivation. Remember, they get paid money from the federal government every month you're in the plan. Mm -hmm. So if they don't pay out claims they keep more money. Right, right. So there's a motivation there to say, hey, we've heard that one out of every five claims that people submit to their plans are not paid. And they know these people are not going to appeal this because if they appeal it, they would probably win. So they go ahead, not pay the claim, mm -hmm. say it's not covered, and they keep the money. So when we see we see ads on TV and they're basically they're for you know similar to what you get at work you know managed care or insurance mm -hmm. plan you can get that right. your Medicare through that arrangement but they're not the ones calling on the phone and saying give me your Medicare number um, right. that aggressive right. tactic to get correct. your Medicare number they're relying you know, on commercials okay. so you would call them and then you would be connected to a registered agent okay. or somebody who may not have your best interests at heart. Remember, they get paid. This is mm -hmm. a job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I always I hope you don't mind, but there's a program in every state called the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. And mm -hmm. during open enrollment, if you want to have comparisons done and see whether they're better, mm -hmm. remember, the plans change every year especially right. a drug plan because you add drugs, you take away drugs. So go to a trusted source like the State Health Insurance Assistance okay. Program in the state of New Jersey. There's a number. You can look it up, call them, and then they'll direct you to the county counselors, and they're trained very well. Mm -hmm. And all they want, they're not getting paid. This okay. is a volunteer. They're well-trained. They want to help you just pick the best plan for you. And I know they're well-trained because I help train them. <laughs> <laughs> And that's where you'll get objectionable advice. Nobody's scamming you. Nobody's that's trying right. to get the advice and what works best for you. Correct. Okay. So then, as, as people are getting more aware, what are the best ways to identify fraud and the best ways to avoid it? I mean, I'm going to go back to, again, the psychology here. Mm -hmm. I think the critical piece is do not make decisions in a heightened emotional state. And that takes a little bit of self-reflection, right, to be able to realize when we're, when we're feeling that way. But if you are able to identify, okay, you know what? I'm starting to feel maybe really excited about this potential offer, or I'm starting to feel nervous or scared about the information uh -huh. I'm having. To me, right there, that's when you need to take a beat. You need to back off. You need to okay. give yourself time to get out of that heightened emotional okay. state to really analyze the facts. Okay. Um, that, I think, is really, you know, when we think about the psychology behind scams, I think that's the number one thing we can do on the prevention side right. is make sure we are not making decisions in heightened emotional states. And that sounds like something we have to prepare for, though, because, you know, we have to be ready for that potential uh, scam call because otherwise we get swept up in it. Yep. Yeah, and it happens. That's the other thing too. Giving ourselves, you know, I think all the grace to understand. I mean, you know, the one I, I do sometimes. I, you know, have you ever had that call where you look down and it's your own phone number? <laughs> I've picked that up at least five times mm -hmm. because. But then as soon as I do, then I'm like, oh, okay, and I immediately hang up. Right. But again, we're not all going to be perfect with this. But the more that we can have a conscious effort and have this in our minds on an ongoing basis. I think the better off we're all going to be. And from the mundane side of how you protect yourself, you know, you should read statements carefully. You get a statement from Medicare, which is called a Medicare summary notice. If you're in mm -hmm. a Medicare Advantage plan, you get an explanation of benefits. Most people don't take the time to read mm -hmm. it carefully, and okay. they should, because if something is in there that's wrong and you don't read it, 
they get away with it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. as simple as that. And another thing we tell people, we hand out calendars when we do presentations. We want people to keep track. You know, every time you go to the doctor, you write it down. You take a test, mm -hmm. you write it down. Then when you get a statement from Medicare or Medicare Advantage plan, you compare the two. Make sure you're not being cheated. Because on the Medicare side, people can make claims that have nothing to do with you because your number is compromised. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't read your statements, they're going to get away with it. Even if it's an, uh, uh, not fraud, but an error. Mm -hmm. You know? Hell, you know, just call the doctor's office. Say, hey, I didn't get this test. I want it corrected. And then if it's not corrected, then you could follow up. And one of the things to follow up with is you call the Senior Medicare Patrol Program, okay. and we will help you. We have trained volunteers, and that's our job. Our job basically is to protect the Medicare Trust Fund and to protect beneficiaries. And, you know, when I talked about the $60 billion, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know how much we save because we educate people about scams. Mm -hmm. You know, the educational oh, effect, we don't know what, they wouldn't right, fall right. for it now that they know that there are scams right. out there. And that's one of the things you can't put a figure on. We really don't know. Charles, another thing that you just said about um, making, you know, access to like your, your account made me think of something too on the prevention side. Making sure that you have electronic access to your accounts though and you're monitoring them regularly is really important mm -hmm. in today's day and age because if someone gets your bank account information or credit card information you know you've got a small window really where you're going to like detect it be able to shut it down early if we're waiting for paper statements in the mail that come right. what once a yeah. month that's maybe four weeks that something's been happening uh -huh. that you don't know so making sure that you've got a way to monitor your accounts online or electronically okay. if possible is really critical and somebody could do that for you if you're Absolutely. not online especially sure. you retire Absolutely. if they're not online like i i do that now for my mother i can go on Online, um, so she gets her paper statement, but I can go in and check. And, and one of the things on the Medicare side is that you can open up a Medicare account online. You go to Medicare.gov, you open an account, and you don't have to wait three months for the Medicare yeah. summary notice. You can actually look at your claims as soon as they're posted online. And the reason we like that is because you suspect something. We want to know faster, not three months later, right, right, so we right, can do exactly. something right away. Right. So, uh, you know, I, a lot of people do not have Medicare online accounts, and I encourage them to do so. Okay. And uh, they can use this or by reviewing online. It goes back to what you said earlier. Like if your number was stolen and somebody uses it and they build colonoscopy or an annual exam and then you go to get it, and you're going to be denied, so you already had this. Yeah, so. you know, what? one of the things about the new, you know, in the old days we used a social security number. Now right. we're using a 10-digit random ID numbers and letters. One of the advantages of that is, like, if you lost your credit card, you would call the credit card company, they would cancel the account mm -hmm. and send you another card. Well, you can do that for Medicare now. Mm -hmm. okay. If you think your number is compromised, call up Medicare and say, hey, they have my number, I want a new number and a new card mm -hmm. and they'll send it to you so that's something that's a big change and they did that because they wanted to stop fraud or lower right. fraud right. that's why they because you can get a new card from medicare but it had the old social security right. number on it didn't right. do much you can't good change your social security right. number right. very easily so okay and christine you had talked once about um having a script like prepare and have a script ready for the next yeah. fraud call so the reason i think that can be important is i mean look at the end of the day you know when we get phone calls, we're, you know, we're part of society. We, we sometimes feel bad or mm -hmm. guilty about hanging up on people or ending conversations. Yeah. Um, again, sometimes some folks go the opposite direction and are like, oh, I'm going to mess with this person because they're <laughs> calling me during dinner every night. Um, my advice is you always want to get off the phone as quickly as possible because these are dangerous people. So developing a short and sweet script that mm -hmm. you just have memorized, that you can just implement, okay. can be really helpful because it again gives you sort of something to fall back on when maybe you're feeling either really frustrated because they're calling during dinner or like, oh, I don't want to be rude. Someone's calling me. How do I get off the phone? Taking okay. a couple minutes to develop just a clear okay. script that you can implement when you need to can really help. And you could put that next to the phone. You could next put it on the, the refrigerator. The fridge, yep. have it. I have an Away. I never pick up the phone. There you go. He tells me he never picks up the phone. Right. And, and I never pick up the phone. You know, if I recognize yep. someone on my contact list, like my brother or my sister or something mm -hmm. like that, okay, I'll answer it. Absolutely. But otherwise, I don't pick up the phone. Yeah, absolutely. And I let them leave a message, and then I return mm -hmm. the call. Right. If it's and important, they'll leave a message right. and yeah. they'll call back. And, and with, a lot of times, you're going to find they don't leave messages. Yes. That's interesting, too. 
Yeah, they, they, they don't leave a message. message. Or when you pick up the phone, there's no one there. But like you said, they there's nobody to talk to. They just now know that it's a lifeline and they can use exactly. it again. Yeah, a lot of this is sort of that robo-calling right. technology where it's just, you know, random dial, random dial, random mm -hmm. dial until you get a human. So if you get a voicemail, yeah, a lot of times they don't leave messages. Or what you'll hear is you'll hear a voicemail message that, like, you can you feel like you're in the middle of it. Like, you mm -hmm. only hear the last half of a message. And to me, right. that's, a, that's a clear cut. Right. Okay, this was some sort of right. robo-call scam. I don't need to Right, and with. payment method is another red flag. If someone says you have to pay us with you know, a gift card mm -hmm. or cryptocurrency or electronic payment, then you know there's something right. weird right. and you shouldn't fall for those kind of payment scams. So uh, be very, very careful. Okay. And you know, we're trying to teach retailers, you know, if someone comes into a Target and buys $3,000 worth of mm -hmm. gift cards, you know, we want the clerk there to say, hey, mm -hmm. what, what are you buying this for? Are you, and if they say anything, you know, call the police and try to talk them out of it. And it's worked a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a, that's a nice change, by the way. AARP is yeah. working a little in the space as well on sort of educating retailers on what to look for and also banks. So uh, a bank safe program to, mm -hmm. you know, help bank employees realize when someone's coming in, you know, perhaps to take out large sums of money for sort of, okay. you know, unexplained purposes, like how to maybe have a conversation with someone mm -hmm. to just see, like, can we flesh this out a little yeah. bit and prevent a potential scam from yeah. happening? And I know that, um, you know, there's some national chains that it's very hard to go all the way through from the top down to train people. Mm -hmm. But some of the age-friendly communities in New Jersey have had the local police mm -hmm. talk to the staff at local establishments. Yeah. So, you know, you can take that shortcut and have them involved to talk to, whether it's the drugstore or a, a big box store, to just talk to the staff, warn them about these scams. So when you see someone, especially a senior citizen, buying a lot of gift cards, pause, stop, ask, and, um, and, and you might be able to prevent somebody. Right. And I, w I just want to say, obviously, the Senior Medicare Patrol Program is free. It's federally funded. So anybody mm -hmm. who would like us to come out and do a free presentation, day or night, weekends, if there's an opening, Charles, <laughs> we'll you'll come, be there. I'll be there. <laughs> right? Because that's the job I have. Yeah. And actually, as you can tell, I like speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put your number on the screen. And we also have your information, both ARP Fraud Watch and Senior Medicare Patrol on our website for people who want more information there. But now I want to talk about, so, you know, if fraud has happened, so you don't prevent it, it happens. How do people report it and why should they report it? Because I know some people are embarrassed. And I think, I'm suspecting, that those scammers are counting on them to be too embarrassed to tell anybody, which would actually help prevent it happening to someone else. Well, on the, on the Medicare side, you know, if you read your statements and you suspect that you've been conned or fraud or there's a service you didn't get, you know, if you don't report it, mm -hmm. they get away with it. Yeah. So get over the embarrassment. You know, it's sometimes nothing to do with you. It's just somebody added a claim to your Medicare ID and you're finding out mm -hmm. now. And the, 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 the mission of the Senior Medicare Patrol is prevent Detect, report. Okay. So you have to report it. Okay. And you can call Medicare, 1-800-MEDICARE. Mm -hmm. I won't feel upset that if you call Medicare first, uh -huh. but then you can call the Senior Medicare Patrol, and we will help you resolve that claim because it's costing us billions of dollars. And then for frauds not related to Medicare, what do you suggest? So um, one of the things that I recommend is a police report uh, oh. because there are certain processes of recovery that do require documentation like a police report. So okay. police report. The Division of Consumer Affairs in New Jersey is a um, resource that I highly suggest folks connect with if they feel they've been a victim because they have the ability as well to investigate. Mm -hmm. um, and so the Division of Consumer Affairs actually has a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-242-5846. Okay. Um, and then our ARP Fraud Watch Network, again, we have a hotline that's a dedicated service with trained volunteers who can and answer questions and link people to appropriate resources okay, if they call okay. to report. We also have a really interesting thing called our um, scam tracker map where you can actually go onto this map and report 
your scam and where mm -hmm. it's happening. The really interesting thing here is we know con artists will geo-target. So you start to see a picture of, okay, in this part of the state, there seems to be a trend where this scam's happening. And so then by reporting it, you're helping other people, right, mm -hmm. who maybe live in your area not fall victim. And Kathy, you said something though, you know, about it being underreported, and I absolutely agree. I think it is underreported, and mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons is we need to change the conversation about being a victim of fraud. Right. Um, that's a huge focus for AARP, is how do we change this narrative about being a victim of fraud? At the end of the day, this is a crime. People mm -hmm. who report fraud, they are victims of a crime like anyone else. We wouldn't tell someone who's a victim of you know, a car robbery not to report it, right? right. So why would we not report fraud, except that there's just some bias around it where you'll hear in language people saying, oh, well, you know, they, they didn't think it through or, you know, they blame oh, how themselves. To, right, it is. It's victim blaming. Um, and that's not the case. We've talked, you know, this whole session so far about how this is such a complex process and it's really using sophisticated tactics that we've got to talk about fraud victims like we would talk about victims of ever, any other crime. And that starts with reporting. Mm -hmm. I had a, a case over COVID with one of my neighbors, very computer savvy, doing her shopping online. And she told us that she had, it was a scam. And somebody said, your, your Amazon account was hacked. And when she called the number, she had to go to a store and buy gift cards. She's like, oh, you know, I avoid it. I, I fixed this Amazon scam. We said, no, that, that was, it was the gift card was the scam. And she felt really bad. But I said, you are smart, you're online. Mm -hmm. If you could fall for it, other people are going to. And, you know, she was embarrassed and didn't want to share her story. But then by sharing it, other people said, exactly. that's happened to me. I was wondering about that email. And it built awareness to help prevent exactly. other people. So I can see it. People, they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to look vulnerable. They're embarrassed. They don't want to tell their kids. But it is important to share these stories because if it happened to you, it's going to happen it to somebody mm -hmm. else. Right. I get a lot of calls from people who say, I can't believe I fell for this. You know, they thought they could never fall for this. And yet they fell for it. They said, I can't believe I gave out my Medicare ID number. But it sounded so real. Right. right. And I said, look, don't worry. You're, you're one of millions. Yeah. So, but we can help. Yeah, and, and we're dealing we with to... sophisticated professionals right. on the other end. Um, so we also, you know, hear a lot about online scams, but we're doing more online than we ever did before. And there, there was fraud, you know, before the internet. There was mail fraud, people <laughs> stealing Social Security checks. That's one of the reasons now Social Security is direct deposit. So it's always been there. It just seems to change mm -hmm. with the times and changes with the technology. Um, so, like, overall, would you say it's safe for people to be on online? We don't want to scare them away from it. No. Right, no. I mean, well, people have to... Yeah, well, well, first, yes, I think uh, if we could take the creativity of con artists mm -hmm. and <laughs> harness it towards good, oh, we yeah. would be in such a good place, because to your point, right, this is constantly evolving. Right. Um, you know, online is reality mm -hmm. in the world we live in. So again, <clears throat> you know, I think it comes down to taking smart steps on the prevention side to keep yourself as safe as you can. And, you know, we've talked about things like making sure you have access to all your accounts electronically so you can track them in real time. Okay. We've talked about that, you know, sort of do your research, distrust and verify. Yeah. Um, and then I also think whenever you're talking about online transactions of any kind, mm -hmm. always think about using your credit card, not your debit card for right. those. That's a clear cut way to keep yourself safer because okay. at the end of the day, is your credit card tied to your personal bank account? Mine's not. Okay. It's tied to someone else's mm -hmm. company. My debit card is tied directly to my bank account. Mm -hmm. So it's a level of protection built in between right. you and the con artist. Yeah, I tell people, use your debit card only to take out cash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy anything, use your credit card. Because if something goes wrong, call up the credit card. Hey, listen, right. this yeah. was, they took advantage of me. I don't want this paid. And mm -hmm. the credit card company says, sure. It's amazing yeah. how easy it is, yep. and they'll do it. Yeah, and it's part say, of their business oh, model. Yeah, it's part they of their business model. They want to yeah. know that things are going badly. So always use the credit card. That's, that's mm -hmm. what I tell people all the time. I mean, I don't even have a debit card. I mean, what am I going to use a debit card for? 
You know, I'll go and use my... <laughs> You're cashless. <laughs> I'll go yeah. to the bank and take out cash if I need it, yeah. but anyway. So it's safe behaviors, right? We all yeah. need to practice safe behaviors online. Right. Um, you know, the reality is not many, not many people can just you know, don't have an online presence at this point. You right. know, it's, it, it's right. there. So it's what are, the, what are the behaviors we need to exhibit as consumers to mm -hmm. keep ourselves safe? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I've been in a mall in 10 years. I, there are not many left. I know. <laughs> Everything right? I shop, I online. shop online. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to go to the store, wait online, look for things, right, go to right. Amazon. I need a dungarees. Right. And again, there's certain <laughs> things online that can, in a way, help make you safer, like having, you know, the fact that we now can have instant access to our accounts to see mm -hmm. changes as they right. happen, right? You talked about that in, in Medicare accounts. Right. I mean, that's a huge advancement that helps us yeah, yeah. instead of, you know, weeks going by before you right. potentially know of, of a problem. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you said that, um, you know, to use a credit card instead of a debit card because we've come a long way with credit cards. There's mm -hmm. no longer that paper, that blue paper receipt that, these used to take out of the garbage and <coughs> but also some credit cards are very proactive in monitoring for fraud. I've yeah. had, you know, a couple of times where somebody got a my call. number right. and a credit Me card too. company they knew before I did. That's yeah. exactly said, right. Was this, you know, really you in Arizona yeah. buying this? It's like right. you have someone else in your corner at that point yeah. to to help mitigate anything. So now as we're coming up on the holiday season and for whatever reason this this is the height of fraud season, and, and part of that is Medicare open enrollment. P they know people are looking for information. Why do, does fraud become more common under at the end of the year during the holiday yeah. season, and what are we looking for this year? Well, this one I always find a little sad, to be honest, yeah. because, you know, it's a time of year where we're all, you know, opening our hearts, we're thinking about our fellow man, mm -hmm. and a lot of that translates to increases in donations to charities. A lot oh, of us right. do yeah. charitable giving uh, during the holiday season and con artists know that oh. and they will capitalize on it. So charity scams tend to spike during the holiday season. Um, and there's a few things I would recommend folks do if you're thinking about giving money to uh, a charity this season. And that's, again, you know, typically you're the one making the decision, right? Mm -hmm. Like who you're going to give to because you have a relationship and affinity. But if you're just sort of getting requests to you, and especially mm -hmm. if you're getting requests that are saying donate to my charity through a gift card, that is a scam, okay. no doubt. There's also websites like Charity Navigator, Charity mm -hmm. Watch. These are great sites to visit where you can actually look up charities to mm -hmm. you know, see that they're actually vetted and okay. legitimate. Um, and I think by doing that, you know, we can kind of all get through the holidays and still do the giving we want to, but do it in a safe way. Okay. Right, and you said like during the holiday season, open enrollment happens to occur and fraudsters come out of the network because they know people are looking maybe to change plans mm. or get a better plan because they they can't afford it. You know, uh, yesterday I, I dealt with some people um, at a presentation who said they're paying like four hundred and twenty-five dollars a month for their secondary, and I said that seems awfully high. Call me and let's see why what this is and why you're paying so much, and maybe we can make a change. Mm -hmm. So you have to take advantage of the open enrollment, but you have to be careful. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, you're going to a trusted source like SHIP mm -hmm. or you do it yourself. You, there's something called the Medicare Plan Finder oh, right. on Medicare.gov mm -hmm. and allows you to c compare plans. But it can be a little difficult, especially if you're not familiar with computers or mm -hmm. are not used to going on the Plan Finder. You know, I do it all the time. So for me, I don't even have to think about it, you know. But... So let a trusted source help you. I think that's one of the most important things you okay. can do. Okay. There's also an element of gift card scams that we haven't touched on yet that definitely peaks during the holidays, which is, um, you know, most of us will at some point during the holiday season give a gift card to someone. Right. Uh, and actually one in five Americans report receiving a gift card or giving a gift card that actually had no funds on it. And that's because there's ways that Connors, you know, you go to stores and you mm -hmm. may see racks and racks, mm -hmm. right, of gift cards. It's very easy for, for scammers to go in and just write down the numbers on the back of those cards, uh, maybe just scratch a little bit off of like, you know how there's that hidden pin number, right. just scratch a little bit to get it. And then they can actually drain the, the funds on the card while it's still sitting on the rack and then you buy it and there's no funds on it. So one of the things to do is really if you want to buy a gift card for a specific um, you know, store outlet, go directly mm -hmm. to 
that okay. store to get it. And then two, just if you are going to buy one of those off the rack, just take a look at you know the back of the card, see if there's any signs that things have been you know pried up, if any okay. of that code is uh, is legible. Mm -hmm. Don't buy that card. Um, because that's that is one way uh, that Connors can you know before you even know it right you haven't even bought the card yet and there's no right, funds right. on it and also gift cards are expensive yeah, oh the yeah fee the fee they charge yes. for a small amount of <laughs> yeah. now if you're getting a huge gift card okay fine but if you're getting a small amount of money why would you want to pay that high yeah. a fee for yeah. the gift card yeah you know. Put cash in an envelope and give it to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not, and especially under Which COVID. Which is what we did when we did the computer training. We put cash in an envelope and handed it out rather than go buy gift cards. Right, yeah. right. But a lot of young people, they, they're kind of, they're cashless. They could put that gift card on their online <coughs> account. You know, so I could see grandparents sending the grandkids a gift card. Mm -hmm. and uh, Yeah, sure. So I wanted, um, I'm going to put the spotlight on you guys because you've told us about what, what can happen to other people. I want to ask, have either of you ever fallen or gotten wrapped up and almost fallen for a scam yourself? You not can be honest, it's a safe yeah, space. Not to, my, not to my knowledge. Okay. I don't think I've ever been scammed because I don't trust anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when you do this, I've been doing this now for 17 years uh -huh. at the head of the project. And you see all these kind of scams and fraud, and you get, I don't know pessimistic is the right word, but you get wary. Mm -hmm. And you say, I don't trust anybody. And I tell my children, don't trust anybody. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, verify, go to a trusted source, or come to your father. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me help you. And, you know, I, that's the way I live. And, uh, you, you know, I have to be my own advocate. And I know that I have to take certain steps to protect myself. And mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind taking the time to do it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't want to do that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. time. And you've said that a few times. You need to take the time, the time. Right. Yep. to prevent this and, and right. slow down slow and down. not get swept up or not rush. <clears throat> it's a matter of time. Yeah. How about you, Christine? Yes, you yes, I have. I've had an account that was compromised, and what saved me was I had electronic access to all my accounts, so I was able to find out mm -hmm. immediately. I had alerts set up on my accounts for transactions over a certain dollar amount, uh, which I highly recommend folks do. And okay. so I got an email that identified the transaction, and because I had that early notice, I was actually able to work proactively with um, with the, the vendor and, and get things sorted out rel relatively painlessly. Okay. Right, and by the way, you, if you have a credit card, you should go online or call them and get the alerts. Mm -hmm. I put alerts for anything over $10 because- You get a lot of alerts. I do, <laughs> but it you know you just read yeah. it and say, oh, that's yeah. me, no yeah. problem. And then you know my daughter had my credit card. So now I know where she goes and what she spends money yeah. on, so I could track her yeah. too. Yeah. That's a kind of sly thing, but I had it, it helps. set on a dollar amount and international transactions. Right, you know, we, we all, him. you know, we, look, we all have problems with our credit cards. You know, no matter what you do, during your lifetime, someone's going to get your credit card number and spend it on mm -hmm. something. You're going to get an alert, and you're going to say, oh, that's not me. Let me call up the credit card company and resolve this. But that happens to all of us. It has nothing to do with fraud. It's just that... Mm -hmm. Somebody gets your information and uses it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I don't consider that being scammed. I consider that the, well, that's going to happen. I mean, how many credit cards have you had to change? I mean, I've changed Probably two or three in the last five years. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, so it's it happens. And don't feel embarrassed by it. Every it Again, happens to yeah. everybody. Okay. I think that's really a key takeaway here. Don't be embarrassed. Don't it be happens embarrassed. to everybody. We're dealing with trained professionals. And, um, and this is a crime. It's a crime. You're and right. It is a crime. And if it happens to you, you should report it um, and share the experience so that other people will be more aware of what happens when they get that call, that call on the staticky phone from the grandchild asking for money or the you know charity that's out of the blue that you never heard of or somebody asking for your right. Medicare and having number. The, just having prepared. the alert just makes it easy for you. Yeah. Okay. This is the store. This is the amount. Okay. I recognize that. I don't have to worry. But if something comes up that you don't recognize, like I got a, a mm -hmm. charge on my American Express card for, for a flight, and I called up my son because he has my, also my American <laughs> Express card, and I said, hey, was this you? And he said, yes. Okay. I said, great. You see, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't get the alert. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's really worth getting the alerts on your credit cards. Okay. Well, you have given us a lot of information to work with. I feel safer. I hope our audience feels safer. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us about the work that you're doing with fraud and scams? Anything else that we should 
keep in mind as we get into this holiday season? Yeah, well, I just, I just want to reiterate that, you know, you live in a world where information has value. Right. So knowing that gives you a big advantage. So if you take the steps to be your own advocate, protect your accounts, strong passwords mm -hmm. with symbols and letters and you know when they say use eight char use eight characters yeah. that's not enough yeah you have to use at least 16 i mean on my checking account i have i use all 32 characters mm -hmm. you know <laughs> i didn't know that was possible i mean well, yeah you know, there's a way to do this too, though, that, you know, because that, when I hear that too, I mean, my head like explodes, right? <laughs> but you can do pass phrases, which yes, are very can. secure. Yeah, I've heard more and more about those. Yes, and they can be individualized to you. So things that you like and are, you know, personal to your life. So it makes it easier to remember them. Mm -hmm. But it's a full phrase, maybe with like a couple letters that are, you know, right. numbers instead. Right. right. So it gets you that high level of encryption. Yes. But it's easier for you to remember. And there's one other thing people should do. I put a freeze on all my credit rating accounts, oh. the credit agencies. Okay. Because I don't use credit every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying a car tomorrow. I'm not buying a house. So I put a freeze on all my accounts, okay? And if someone then wants to open an account in my name, they're not going to be able to do it because I froze oh, that. Interesting, okay. And I can always unfreeze it if I know I'm going to use a certain credit. So I would recommend highly. Go to the three main credit rating agencies, you know, TransUnion, yeah. Experian, Equifax, and freeze your accounts. And okay. there's no cost it's, to do that. No, there's no cost. No. Okay. And every once in a while, I go on and I check my rating agency report to see if there's anything on there that looks suspicious. And, you know, you just have to get used to doing it. And it, it works. And I would just say, you know, from I think we can tell from this conversation, you know, folks aren't alone in this. Right. This is something we all have experienced in some way or we know someone who it has. And so again, you know, this idea of changing the victim blaming mm -hmm. in our conversations and understanding that this affects everyone, mm -hmm. every age, every demographic, um, and that it's okay to, to report that because mm -hmm. it is a crime. Right. Um, you know, AARP's Fraud Watch Network is here as a free resource. Um, again, if someone is you know, has experienced fraud themselves or has a loved one, I'd recommend them check out AARP.org uh, backslash Fraud Watch Network. Or we do have a hotline where you can actually speak to a person one-on-one. -on -one. And sometimes that's just helpful, right? Being able to have another human on the phone right. who can right. have that empathy for what mm -hmm. you're going through. Mm -hmm. um, and so our hotline, again, is 1-877-908-3360. And one other thing, if you're a caregiver for an older adult, you have to read their statements also. Mm. And you have to do it as part of your caregiving activities because you don't know what's going on unless you read those statements. Okay. And it's very, very important. And, and like I said, I get a lot of calls from daughters and sons of older adults who have been victimized mm -hmm. and they didn't take the time to read the statements on behalf of the okay. person they were giving care to. And okay. you know, they find out too late. Okay. Well, thank you both for sharing all of this. I, like I said, I feel better now. I feel more empowered and stronger. And um, we're going to put all the information up on our website so people can find it when they need it. So thank you for joining us for this version of Aging Insights. Aging Insights is brought to you with the support of the Wallerstein Foundation for Geriatric Life Improvement from our funders and from viewers like you. If you would like more resources about fraud, Medicare, and the AARP Fraud Network, please go to our website njaaw.org, where we have a listing of several resources that can help you.